All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. All right. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Presented by Botano. Lease morning take back in the mix. Post-holiday break. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa. What's going on, Rosie? How was your uh, Christmas, buddy? Who, baby? She flew by, but uh, enjoyable. Lots of action, lots of fun. It, it blew by and the, the kids had a blast, most importantly. So, yeah, we're... Uh, I'm in a good spot. Well, happy to That's get going. Good though. to hear. Good to hear. Lots to address on today's podcast. But uh, what was the highlight of your uh, your Christmas? Oh, it depends what you call a highlight. Um, ooh, two, two, the barn burner holiday episode was something else. Well, um, yeah, that, that's, I mean, needless to say, that's where we want to start. Um, for those of you who missed it, Rosie uh, was on the barn burner holiday spirit show. As I brought up on Friday's program, you took the day off to go join the boys to drink on the Calgary Flames podcast. But I tuned in. You killed it. You were hilarious. I'm happy the podcast ended when it did because you were, you were headed down a road. So can you take us through the process of drink one to drink 48 on that show? <clears throat> oh, man. I don't know if I want <laughs> to condone any of it. It's uh, different holiday spirits that you're trying out. And it's everything from coffee and, and whiskey to martinis to eggnog to Moscow mules with a candy cane flair to it and everything and, and anything in between and I don't know when you're not used to doing that. Well, 
you, you get a break, you take breaks subconsciously, but on that show, it's just, they keep bringing you them and it just is nonstop. And that's just a recipe for, like you said, going down a dark road, but it was fun doing it. And, uh, I had time to recover. So all is well. Again, we encourage everybody to go check out that podcast, but like the process, where does it begin? You stroll in probably what half hour before the show and they say, Hey, let's get fucking blasted and let's be mm-hmm. dumb assholes on a podcast. Is that what they say? Well, not quite the, well, that much of vulgarity, but uh, <laughs> it's funny because, of course, Pinder didn't have his uh, his uh, schedule figured out. So I get there when I'm supposed to, and it's like an hour till we go. And the guy that's serving us who works for liquor companies is one of my good friends who I haven't seen uh-huh. in a long time. And I'm like, good Lord. So we sat there and caught up and had a couple just waiting for for them to be done their their original thing and and then we got going with the with the actual pot and it's just yeah every every kind of 10 minutes they're bringing you another drink and we're not talking a whole lot of hockey and yeah i just uh by the end of it there robin regeer was on and i probably have to apologize to him i, I don't really know uh what i was saying but uh life goes on <laughs> so so let me break that down you pre-drank for an all-you-can-drink show is that what happened i guess that's uh what it boils down <laughs> to yeah did you have a favorite spirit? Um, good question. There was lots of them. Um, no, the Moscow Mule with a little candy cane flavor had a had a nice little holiday kick to it that I wouldn't have expected. So that was good. Um, I like the eggnog and rum too. Just some about the holidays. I'd never have it any other time of year. But when holidays roll around, you got to drive one of those in you. And uh, yeah, just overall fun to let loose and and kind of let her hang out on a pod. See, I didn't realize that it was like an assortment of bevy of different drinks. I thought you it was like BYOB, you bring what you want and you just shoot the shit. But as I tuned in, I started to realize uh, there was a bit more decoration, if you will, to this podcast. And you guys experimented a bit. But at which point did you start to realize, oh boy. And that's why I got even bigger respect for for Boomer and uh, and Pinder for hosting that show. Because I think they get to a point where it starts to slur. I would, I'd have no idea how to steer the podcast, you know? Well, to prep for it, I watched last year's show and and Pinder's off the rails and Boomer's kind of freaking out because he can't do the ad reads anymore. And he's like, we got to pull the plug. This was a bad idea. And I was laughing. So I'm like, well, it sounds like anything goes. And, oh, I don't know. I'm telling stories that are so out of left field and whatnot. And I mean, at no point did I realize it was going off the rails. It's I still don't quite have the gall to go back and listen to the whole thing. I've seen some clips and buddies are texting me about it and stuff. And I, I think about the halfway part part is where, uh, is where she's long gone and it just, anything seemed to go. For the record, um, my presence was requested on this podcast. Unfortunately, I was uh, at the gym when out of nowhere, Boomer messages me, where are you? I'm like, I'm at the gym. My show is over. It's been long finished. I'm at the gym. He's like, come on right now. And I'm like, dude, I can't do that. You know what the software we use, we can't connect from our phones. So I got home as soon as I could. I watched the ending. All I'll say by the conclusion of this podcast, <laughs> you somehow were talking about Easter and they're like, we're shutting it down. I don't know. You were going on about Jesus and Easter. And I'm like, oh boy, he's in one. Oh dear. Yeah, definitely in one. So if you're not into that kind of thing, stay away. If you like to get a chuckle out of that type of thing, uh, go check it out. But yeah, not one. I'm I'm glad not one we do every week. I'll tell you that. Look, uh, I'm, uh, I was borderline concerned that I may not have a co-host anymore. So uh, the fact that you got through that, it was great to see you on there. It was great to see you promoting. It was great to see you talking about the Red Deer Rebels, how all you want to do is play for the Red Deer Rebels. You went on for like two hours. I don't know if you recall that at all, but that's the uh, 
That's the, the the biggest thing I remember from the podcast is your desire to play for that team. They even got what Brent Sutter on. Yeah, we were texting him and whatnot. They were wondering why uh, why a player like me wasn't uh, part of their property earlier, and he was saying, <laughs> "Oh, I was too in love with uh, college hockey." And yeah, I was going back and forth, telling stories about being recruited to the dub, and them checking my my parents' shoe size just to see how big I was going to be, and all <laughs> kinds of different things like that from back in the day. But um, no, again, good show to do. But I'm glad uh, glad it's over. Glad I don't have to do that every week. For those who are trying to contextualize a Rosie would be like uh, under the influence, just uh, think this like normal Rosie on this podcast when he's heated going on his crazy infamous rants times about uh, 25. And that's where you'll find Jay Rosehill, especially when he's about midway through that show. You, you really started to cook. I, you, you really found your footing midway through that show. I just hope I let other people talk. I uh, I can get I can get wound up and uh, and then I branch off into different stories. I think I was talking about this one story where my cousin got into the Calgary Zoo and the tiger like almost <laughs> tore his arm off and it was like a national news story and just disgraced our family. My mom was like, "Don't tell anyone that's our family." Apparently, that was told on the story. I don't even know where that would have come from, but. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. I'm feeling a little sheepish about it, but uh, what do you expect when they're when that's the protocol during an hour and a half show? No, I mean at this point you're a professional broadcaster, and if there's anything that's ever been made for a guy like Jay Rosell, it's the Holiday Spirit Show. So I'm happy you took part, gave you the green light, obviously to take part in that, and we're thinking about doing that in the future. I just don't know if I can live up to the standards again. Uh, it, it's just a lot to handle as a host, I think, and the boys do a fantastic job over there. By the way, my highlight of the show was when they had the Australian correspondent on. It took you seven seconds to chirp his accent, just like you would in real life, right? <laughs> Probably. Uh, I remember that guy, so I got to go figure out uh, who he was. But he was a funny character himself and was telling all kinds of stories and his uh, beautiful property down under. So it was uh, it was a good show for all. Good show for all. Well-rounded. Good family stuff. I was trying to get the guys when the Aussie was on and his name escapes me, unfortunately. I was trying to get the guys to have you do a shoey. Do you know what a shoey is? No, I don't. So it, it, I, oh, I believe yeah. it started in Australia. So you take, I think, usually a beer or any drink you can find. Out you put it in your shoe that you're wearing and you chug it. It's disgusting. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would do that. I've seen Pinder wear the same shoes every time I've ever seen them. So there's some miles in those babies. And, oh, uh, buddy. I don't think I'd want to fill that thing up. That's just... Uh, that's a wild, that's a wild uh, tactic to do out there. I think that's for the kids. I think they could have talked to you into doing it. You're, you're that type of drunk where it's like, you can't do this. You're like, oh yeah, watch me. So guaranteed you would have done it, but we can spend all half hour just recapping the holiday spirit show. And again, make sure to go check it out in the barn burner YouTube page. But there's another thing I want to bring up that leads into today's guest, by the way, you had some choice words for the, the Michigan move. We saw it twice. In one night, we saw Zegras pull it out. We saw Connor Bedard pull it out. And you believe it's going to be banned in the next two years. And you hashtag mark my words. Great hashtagging, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think I was in the middle of uh, my own family Christmas party there okay. with the extended gun, family. Yeah. But um, yeah, people took that tweet and decided to make it whatever they think. I think there was some articles about how I'm scathing <laughs> Connor Bedard. I'm like, good Lord. All I said was, I think they're going to ban it at some point in time in the next two years. And all I was saying was, I'm not for the Michigan or against it. I really, I don't care. I don't mind watching it or anything. My point was, it's getting so easy for them to do it. They're so skilled that I could just see it getting out of hand. I mean, what's to say a guy's not going to do it on a shootout? And now he's got the stick 
up on his blade, waist, shoulder height and, and winging it that way on a goalie. What's how is he supposed? He's never not trained for that. There, there's nothing about his game that has got a puck coming from above the waist. What if, you know, you're the only way to get away from a guy who's attempting the Michigan is what to slash up by, by the shoulders and up around the heads and stuff. And, I just think that, you know, if you look at Crosby and Gensel, did you see those guys playing catch and warm up? They're basically playing volleyball from across the rink with the blades of their stick. It's only evolving into that type of thing. And, you know, say you try the Michigan, but it's not there. So you keep going into the corner and you've got the puck on your stick. And then what do you do with it? Do you wing it across the bloody ice head high over everyone's head to land it near a guy in the slot? Like, what? where, where is this going to go? And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because these it is a skill play. These players don't even have to go down like Mike Leg anymore and like flip the puck from one side to the other. They they just pick it up on the toe of their blade as they're skating full speed. It, it's it's wild to me, and it is an absolute skill play. It is exciting. I just was saying, where is this thing going to go? And if it becomes a bit of a sideshow and a circus, and you know, it's it's not a hockey play anymore, and people are wondering what the hell's going on. I, I can see the league going. We need to shut this down. The difference for me, Rosie, I'll be quite truthful about it. And somebody will call me old age and modern day and stuff like that. But it's like, there's no retribution coming. That's why I think players are willing to go outside the box now to try to score a goal. Because I think back in the day, and I think Mike would even to, uh, you know, to an extent, uh, you know, uh, agree with this. And Mike Legg, the originator of the Michigan's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. And we'll pull him on this whole thing and the evolution of the move. But there's no retribution. Like if you you dare to do this back in the early 2000s, late 90s, somebody was coming at you with their stick and probably hitting you in the head with their stick. I mean, Albertuzzi would get that dirty. I think now it's it's a different ball game where guys, there's no fear anymore and they'll try whatever they want now and it does not matter. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, guy, that, that's kind of gone away. And, you know, to me, that's the Instagram generation and and they're used to you know, showing off and having the spotlight on them and doing the wildest things with everyone looking and, and no one's really going to say much about it. Back in the day, it was a little more closed circuit and and teams, you know, you better respect them and you're not going to try that BS and even going between your legs to, mm-hmm. to score, which, you know, nowadays you could argue, you know, is just a, a play out of necessity when the puck kind of is getting behind here. You, you, you can't, you can't get it to the far side and you can go between your legs and, and still roof it, you know, while the goalie's moving one side to the other. And that seems like a legit skill play. Now we're back in the day. You try that. Someone's coming for you saying, cut that circus shit out. But, um, I, yeah, it's a different generation, man. And I'm okay with it. You want to try it. I think that like I said, if it gets to be a problem where they're doing it all the time and they're doing it too easily and they're trying in different situations in the game, then it's going to become a problem. But as far as someone going and taking care of that guy for showing up their team, I think that part of the league is dead. I mean, look at the age of these guys. They don't really have a lot of that in them. No, they do not. And we're going to peel back the curtain all the way back to 1996. Yeah, I can't believe it's been almost 27 years since the Michigan move was executed by the one and only Mike Legg. Michigan Wolverine now uh, calls BC home, by the way. So Mike Legg's coming up in about f- 15 minutes from now. I uh, wanted to remind you as well, Nation mm-hmm. Gears Boxing Week Bonanza is bigger and better than ever. From December 26th to December 31st, save 15% on all merch and unlock free shipping when you spend $200 or more. Check out the collections to support the pod today at nationgear.ca. As you see there on your screen, don't forget to uh, subscribe on YouTube at the Leafs Nation 401. At the Leafs Nation 401, if you're watching right now, hit us uh, with a subscription, a like button, a comment, a review, anything to help the podcast out. 
Search Leafs Morning Take as well, wherever you find your podcast. From there, we roll into the appetizer brought to you by DoorDash for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25. I used DoorDash over the uh, three-day break. It was phenomenal. 25% off your first order with DoorDash, NATION25, uppercase. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. It feels like I haven't talked to you in a couple days. You missed quite a bit. You missed that Thursday game, the 9-3 game, where the Leafs no-showed against an inferior opponent. You missed the Columbus game. Well, I missed it too. We haven't discussed that. But why don't we start with with that 9-3 game and just your general thoughts on whatever the fuck that was last Thursday. Oh, do we have to? I thought Not uh, really, no. we'd moved on. No, it's... Uh, I it's don't move tip. on. You know that. I don't know if you caught oh, yeah. any... So while you were getting bombed on the Barn Burner podcast, I, I went completely off. Podcast of the year for yours truly. I had enough, man. I had enough. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I'm just... I'm kind of done trying to trying to guess what team's going to show up here. I mean, their record looks pretty good. They got lots of things to be positive about, but if you want to go just a touch deeper, there's a lot of gremlins there in this team. And it's like these absolute blowups to these bottom feeder teams. And I've said it before, you know, when they lose to Chicago and lose to some of these bottom feeders and then to get your absolute ass handed to you by Columbus of all teams, I don't know why they can show up against against the Bostons and the Tampas and and play well against some of the higher end teams. It shows that they are a competitive team. And then to continually like everyone can lose a game and lose focus and not be prepared enough and and kind of take a team lightly and get beaten the NHL. Like it happens, but it doesn't happen to anyone more. It seems than the than the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it doesn't happen in more spectacular fashion. And you know you could blame Ilya Samsonov for that blame their defense. But at the end of the day, that coach did not have them ready to go. And their, their leadership and their veterans did not have them ready to go. And to me, that's kind of a lack of accountability. Like that's garbage can toss in time and, and Gatorade jug flipping time. Like that's so unacceptable for a team that's ready to apparently try to take a run into the playoffs at the Stanley cup. And it, it's time to win is now to do that kind of thing. It's just shocking. And like I said, we're used to it. We've seen it, but I'm almost done. Like trying to predict what team's going to come out and play any of these games. I don't know how much you caught of it, but I actually fired Sheldon Keefe on Friday. I said, enough was enough. It's time for a coaching change. So I was at that limit. And I do, th- I still feel that way. I will say that this team, I guess, deserves credit because Columbus on Saturday, they came out, they took care of business. They were excellent in that game. Martin Jones was good. They weathered the early storm as they expected. They got the job done. But I still look back to those types of games against Buffalo where just thoroughly embarrassed. And I think where's the preparation? Why isn't this team ready? Yeah, like you say, they bounced back against Columbus as they should have. Um, but but it's just like if you there, there are games that I think need to be stamp games, like you need to put your stamp on it and say, yeah. this is how much better we are than, than other teams. Like this is where we're at just so everyone knows. And you put it on display and instead they do the complete opposite thing and then want to be taken totally seriously. You know, and it's not, again, it didn't happen one time. It's happened many, like countless times over the last season and a half, call it that they just, are inexplicably terrible. Like, did you even, did you even prepare for this game? Did you even have a game plan or were you just thinking, 
A, this is an automatic win, or B, I'm going to completely reinvent the wheel and dick around out here and, and try to get some cool highlights going and forgetting that it's the NHL. I, I don't know what it is, but I do know that it's very apparent now there's not a high standard of accountability to their play and their preparation in that locker room or else this just wouldn't happen. Well, that's the big word I used on Friday. I said, uh, I believe the direct quote said, I, I said, there's zero fucking accountability. And Rosie, we've talked about it at nauseum since we started this podcast a year and a half ago, where it's like they lose a game. It doesn't matter. Like I, I sort of, I sort of joke that Austin Matthews comes out after that game. He calls it an embarrassment. That's as close as you'll hear to accountability in that locker room. And granted, they did respond again on Saturday, but We've seen this rodeo way too many times. That leads me down a very, very long, long road where it's like, how can I expect this team to do anything substantial when it matters most when you're when you're putting up donuts against shitty teams? Like it's a process, and I just don't feel good about this process right now. Yeah, and I mean, if you let's say you you start the game poorly and you weren't in the right mindset, and you know you you have a tough first period against a game against a, a low level team again you know anyone can beat anybody but you know you think they'd have the ability to readjust and to find their game and take control of the game again and instead they're just like two more periods of of nothing of, of more of the same of worse play than you started with like no alarm bells seem to be going off and and like you said the their interviews afterwards are almost more frustrating because they won't, they won't give the Toronto media anything. They're just going to go and, and do their P's and Q's and get out of there with the Toronto media after a game like that. Usually, like you said, at least Austin, I mean, we're just, what are we cheering that Austin Matthews called that embarrassing? I mean, like I said, there should be tables tossed over that kind of play, especially with the, the history of doing it. And I, I just, I don't know. To me, it, it is all about the coaching and, and the leadership. Like, how is John Tavares with, with his background and experience not, not making sure that to an individual, everyone's ready to play those types of games? And I don't know if he's a rah-rah guy. I don't know if he's a pull-a guy aside during warm-up type of guy or what he does that, that makes him a good leader. I know that he leads by example, but sometimes that's not enough, especially when you're in the situation that these Leafs are in and, and they have these predicaments they get themselves in with inconsistency. Yeah, it really is scary. And I know Daniel writes, I see Nick is still pissed. Yes, I'm pissed. I've been pissed for fucking 50 years. It's not going to change. I don't care if they beat Columbus. Like They lead the league in, in embarrassing losses. And I don't need to do research on that. I've covered this team X amount of years now. I've been in person for games against Zamboni drivers and all that stuff. And I get every team. You're not going to have it every game. But it, it's the Leafs can't lose a 2-1 game. They can't lose a hard-fought 3-2 game. It's got to be like a 9-3 embarrassment on the road in Buffalo. And, you know, the other elephant in the room in that game, which we haven't brought up, is that they have a goaltender who should be in my beer league team, if that. Ilya Samsonov, like they, they, he's unplayable. Martin Jones is starting tonight. Th this guy's unplayable. He's still on the roster. Yeah, it sure hasn't gone his way, has it? I, I had, I, I didn't, I didn't express it on air, but I had this little nicking feeling in the back you of did. my neck that was just like, what about the goaltenders? Like everyone just assumes that Sammy's gonna do it, and. I had no reason to think he wouldn't, but I was just like, what if Sammy doesn't have it this year? And luckily Joseph wall uh, has been fantastic for the amount that he's played. Albeit he got, uh, you know, a high ankle sprain there, which he, you know, should be coming back in the foreseeable future here. And hopefully yeah. he's in form, but 
you know, Sammy just hasn't had anything. I mean, his, his really good has been few and far between, and it hasn't even been really good. It's been nothing, nothing close to what you think a, a goaltender is going to be taking you to the promised land. So definitely a goaltender issue there. Um, I, you know, the fan, the team, they've been waiting patiently for him to find his confidence, find his game. And it's gotten worse. He's expressed that verbally that his mental state is not good. And it's tough, man. I mean, do you just write him off? Do you cross his name off and move on with, with say Jones and wall, or they you know we're playing Columbus again today after a break where he got time to like reflect, do you get, do you put him back in there and give him one last chance to maybe try to find something? I mean, this isn't a do or die game or anything. You could, you know, try to give him one last chance. I mean, he's had lots of chances, but to me, it's like either you strike his name off, off the roster, off the list, and you're done with him. Cause if you move on from him, when are you going to go back to him again? I guess it depends on how much time you got left uh, until Joseph Wall's back in, in the crease. But it's not a good problem to have. I'll tell no. you that. No. Well, I mean, they're going to face it this weekend. And I, you know, obviously the back to backs coming, it's going to be Martin Jones tonight against Ottawa. They got Columbus Friday, third time in 15 days. Then they have the Carolina hurricanes as Michael Bunting makes his return to Scotiabank arena. I think that the way I would do it, you got to go with the freshest team possible. So Friday, I go with 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 Ilya Samsonov there in the front end of the back to back because you have more faith in 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 Martin Jones. You want to play him on Saturday night hockey night in Canada, anyways, and you roll the dice that way because I I would have zero faith and and you know you run the risk again of it being Columbus and you know whatever happened a couple of weeks back against Columbus, but he does it against every team. You you have to find a way to find some rest, especially in this day and age of analytics and and recovery and all that, where it's like Martin Jones can't be tasked with playing a back-to-back in 2023. I'm sorry. So they got to find somewhere to put Samsonov in there. It's probably going to be Friday in my opinion. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. I'm mixing up the schedule. Um, oh, good. Forget forgetting about Ottawa tonight, but yeah, but yeah, that's what makes sense to me. And uh, yeah, play, play Jones two out of the three. And when you're in the position where you have to kind of play both, I think you do it in the way that you just described and you hope for the best. I mean, especially when the opponent, lines up right it's a no-brainer right you're going to put him in there against columbus uh on the front end of the back-to-back and play jones two out of those three and just hope and fingers crossed that's all you can do at this point i mean i'm sure the goaltending coach i'm sure the the mental coach or the psychologist that the team has on retainer i'm sure they're working overtime trying to help sammy out and you know maybe all that all that attention and pressure is making it even worse. It's hard to know what's going on, but there's no doubt that that position is one of the hardest in sports playing the the goaltending spot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's struggling with it right now. It's that sophomore kind of slump since getting here to Toronto after having a lot of success last year and having, I think far more periods of time where he's playing fantastic than when he's bad. And this year it's, it's been the other side of the coin for him. I feel for him. I want him to get going, but man, he's, he's showing no signs of, of hope. Dave Kidd writes in, Rosie and this Nick dude have memories like rabbits. LMFAO. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That's a, like rabbits, like elephants or rabbits or short memories. I don't know what's going on. I think he's saying we're stooges. We're stooges because they beat Columbus on Saturday. Let's fucking party. They beat Columbus, the, the shit ass Blue Jackets. They're back, baby. They're back. No, yeah. I don't know. I want I want to see a little. I just want I just want to see them blow the doors off a team that they're supposed to beat. I want to see them win four one against a, a tough division opponent. Like, I just want to see them look solid. They just they always look. It's not that they look shaky. It's this that they you can't have those far extremes. You can't have these these blow these 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 games where Austin Matthews just takes over and they outscore their problems and like no one knows what to do because they're just exploding skill out of their ears in offense and then the next day be so awful that it, that you can't even finish the game because they're that bad. I mean that there's nothing about that that says championship quality um, um, team and they need to shore up their consistency in the second half of the season here. Or I, I just can't say I have a ton of faith going to the playoffs. They need to make major changes to their roster. They need to figure out their goaltending situation and they need to shore up their consistency, which is three big asks. I am uh, certainly in line with you on that front. Uh, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily face off for those who smoke the competition. Wendy's is rewarding you with a weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team building skills. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points in your first order and grab a sweet victory from the mouthwatering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never frozen beef. Sign up to play the daily face-off survivor to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. You talked about Austin Matthews, man, on complete fire. It continued against Columbus. He has now 69 career. Nice multi-goal games in his career. This guy is moving. He's shaking. Seven-game goal streak, 12-7, and seven, and we'll see if it continues tonight in round three of the Battle of Ontario, Rosie. Yeah, he's gross, man. He is that. What do you think he's going to get this year? Like, I'm predicting like 60. 85. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think about 67, 68 is probably realistic, assuming he, he stays healthy, but like he's kind of going to blow the doors off his, uh, his previous of 62. 64? What was two years ago? He put up put up an insurmountable looking number and now it looks like he's gonna blow the doors off of it. It's it's like the shining light of of this team, man. And it can't all be on him. It can't be all on his shoulders. He's not gonna score four every night in the playoffs, but uh for the time being, watching him be on fire is is pretty to watch. It was 60 a couple of years back when he uh, won the Rocket Richard. But mm. yeah, you know, I, I got a bit of heat the other day because uh, and all I was merrily putting like I, I was obviously basking in the glory of Austin Matthews and the, the pace he's on. 
But I said it was incredible because I still don't feel like he's a team MVP through 31 games. Like, I think he's been great. I think the most complete player to date has been Willie Nylander. I think it's a recency thing. Matthews has been on complete fire for the last 20, 25 days. And uh, it just shows you how incredible this guy truly is where he's, he has, he's not even, he hasn't been in his best for the majority of the season. And then you look and he's got 28 goals in 30 games. Yeah. Like he scores in bunches. I think we know yeah. that. Um, it, it hasn't lined up with the playoffs yet for him. I don't know if that's just uh, an anomaly or if there's something to do with that on when he can turn it on and when he can't, but uh, scoring in bunches like that. I mean, if you get hot like that for, for three and a half weeks in the playoffs, who boy, I mean, you That'd can go, you, you can cover a lot of problems and the, the problem they have had is he hasn't done that. So he's capable. He's one of the most talented guys this year, more than ever with his play and the way he's scoring goals and this, this heater that he's on, I watch and I shake my head, man, because I've said it before the, from where he scores in his favorite spots and and no one else could seem to get that shot off or pick that corner. He just does it like twice in a game and not even like with crazy urgency or panic or anything just does it. And then the look on his face is like, yeah, I did it again. Like, Oh Lord, is he talented? So it's fun to watch. And again, I hope he continues on. If, if he continues at this pace, he'll absolutely be the MVP, but yeah, a little recency bias when you think about the the span of the first half of the season that Willie's had as well. And that's a good mm-hmm. problem to have, man. Spread the wealth around and, you know, let everyone get hot. Let Marner take his uh, his run at it here like he did last year in the new year and see what he can do. Like, I love that. But uh, to me, uh, we're getting to be the same old thing is it's all about the playoffs. Like, can you do it when it matters? Yeah, he shouldn't even. He he's not even shocked when he scores anymore. And no. uh, good on Dave to to double up and write in. And he's trying to contextualize things. The Leafs are four points back of, of first in the Atlantic Division, which I understand. Point uh, proven, point taken. Uh, but I think with respect to Matthews, like he makes it look so easy. Where it's like sometimes I have to pinch myself and realize what I'm watching. Like this guy, he makes like scoring goals like look way too simple and way too easy. And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast where it's like most guys struggle to score 10 goals in a season. This guy was scored in five games. So can't wait to see what Austin Matthews has to put forth tonight. Round three of four in the battle of Ontario. You, you mentioned many times throughout this season, the players don't really care about it anymore, but uh, it, it could be a galvanizing moment for Claude Giroux and the Ottawa senators. They're one and two um, under Jacques Martin. It's going to, it's going to be weird. I won't lie. Seeing Scotiabank arena and Jacques Martin behind the bench of the Ottawa senators again. Yeah, bring it to the old school. And, you know, I think that as time goes on, the season goes on, you know, that that rivalry or the importance of the game can go up. I mean, I think they're they're one and one against each other. And I'm sure they're aware of, you know, the importance of this game and getting going on the right foot after a break here. So I'm excited for it and looking looking forward to it. And like you say, Claude Giroux seems to usually have the Leafs number and, you know, they're looking to find things under Jacques Martin. And, you know, I think they'll be ready to come to the barn. I just hope the Leafs are too. G baby, 20 goals, 30 assists, 50 points, 47 games played against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know where to look when it comes to Botano and the point prop, because you know what's happening. You know, if you know, you know, when it comes to the Ottawa Senators and Claude Giroux against Toronto Maple Leafs. The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battle Axe Throwing. Book your December holiday party now and snag exclusive Boxing Day and Break Week rates. Visit between December 26th and 29th for a 15% off. To find a location and book your event today, go to battlegrounds.com. 
That's battlegrounds.com. As you bring in today's guests, uh, it's such a polarizing story. Every time this move is pulled off, and I'm sure he's going to do an interview every time it's pulled off. It's the one and only, the man of the Michigan. It is Mike Legg. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, how's it going? What's happening, guys? Not too much. Uh, happy holidays. Thank you so much for doing this, Mike. Uh, I mean, can you believe it's been almost 27 years since you pulled off that move in 96? Oh, every every time, right? I, I lost count of the years, I guess. But uh, yeah, every time it comes around, the phone blows up and yeah, here we, here we go again. And two in one night. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was not <laughs> pretty crazy, man. Pretty crazy. I mean, for those. So you guessed it to, to contextualize this. Uh, you guessed it on my podcast a couple of years ago. Now defunct called unmuzzled. We went through the sort of genesis of of the move. Can, can, can you peel back the curtain, Mike, as for the move, how it came about to be in 96? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, it all started, I guess I was, uh, I was having this semi-pro skate, I guess, and uh, back in London, Ontario, where I grew up, and there was uh, one individual there, I knew his name, Billy Armstrong, um, he was with the New Jersey Devils organization, so everybody at our, at our age was kind of keeping an eye on him, and we're pretty pretty shy to go up and, and talk to him, <laughs> I think it was maybe... 50, 16, something like that. And he's flying around, uh, just a natural warm up, doing, doing loops, taking shots of the goalie. And I remember I took my shot and looked down and he was at the other end and he, and he somehow, and he picks up this pocket of stick and he was, he just had it up on his stick. I'm like, Oh, how did that happen? And, and of course I'm not going to be like, Hey, how did you do that? How did you do that? What's going on? Like, uh, fill me in quick, teach me. And I'm like, no, I just kind of, put it in the back of my head was like, Holy smokes. Like, how could you use that in a game? Like, how can you do that in a game? And so it kind of, kind of started from there and figuring out like, uh, I, I guess the olden days where you would do the wraparounds down low and, you know, Dougie Gilmore from behind the net spin around and going the opposite way and slam dunking it in down low. Well, you always see the goalies like cover the bottom of the net, top, cover the bottom of the net and, and stop the wraparound. And, and you see the gaping hole up top. Um, yeah, I just kind of put it together. And how are we going to get it up there? <laughs> so, Mike, I mean, I remember when you did that. It was everywhere, uh, all over every form of media <laughs> that there existed back then. Why do you think it took, you know, 23 years for someone to execute that in the NHL afterwards? Yeah, I don't, I don't. Uh, I've had this question before and it's, I, I really don't know. I think, I think the time span and, and I could maybe think of um, maybe that time in the game where that's embarrassing to the other team. So if anybody was doing that, here you go, bench clearing brawl, you're getting your teeth knocked out. There's a bounty on your head and, and I, I might've gone that way, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was, I had, like I said before, like I had my life threatened many times after that, you know, you try that in a game, you know, you're going to break your arms and throw you in the fourth row, <laughs> just everything. Yeah. I'll find you where you live. Like, Oh, okay. So yeah, it just, I think, I think that had maybe something to do with it. Um, and yeah, the acceptance of it. Maybe some coaches are like telling their players, like, no way, do there you're not doing that. There must be somebody else open. And sometimes there is. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you have hard a, to argue you with you pulling it off though in the tournament? No <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that was kind of leading up to it. I was, I told myself in the, in the playoffs and you know, you're, you were down two to one and you're getting outplayed. And I told myself like, get it out of your head going into playoffs. Do not even think about this. It's not even a chance. You're going to even try this. And it just kind of, it presented itself. I was in a familiar position back behind there, and I just went for it. <laughs> Do you have a a favorite rendition of the goal? Oh man, it's this is uh, there's so many new ones out there. I know how I picked it up was you know putting your using the force of the puck, and instead of now everybody's like scooping it and running with it. Um, there's. There's been so many ones. Um, I think the Hoaglander one off the back of the net and picking it up as a demon spinning around that one. Um, Veshnikov's one in the uh, uh, first one in the NHL, I guess. That that would be kind of like a landmark there. And then, yeah, they're they're all pretty impressive. And the ones that are skating full, full speed behind the net. Um, Pretty, pretty impressive. The both the last two were just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mike, do you see like, like you just mentioned, like you're not pressing it down anymore. I mean, when you flip that up, your the butt end of your stick is darn near on the ice. You, you gotta use that stick to flip it up, you know, starting with your backhand up to the, the rafters and do it that way. Now they're just doing it in stride by, you know, waiting till that puck isn't flat on the ice anymore, lifting it up. If that trend continues, like you said, we saw two in one night, you know, say guys are trying it in a shootout or, or say it's not open and they, they carry it into the corner like that, or say they, they flip it over to a buddy the way they, the guys can do these days. Like, do you see it becoming a problem if it becomes easier and easier for these guys to, to get the puck up on their stick like that? And and do they have the balls to try it as well? Yeah, I think it's, I think the renditions of it, I, I, I was practicing in in call. I'm I'm waiting for this one. Like as it as it evolves, um, I, I remember trying it in practice. Like, how else could you use this? Like, where else could you use it? And super risky, of course. Probably even more so out in the open area where you can get your head taken off. But um, hopefully, we'll maybe see it sometime soon. I was way back when I was using it as. Uh, trying to get guys to do it as a breakout, like a defenseman from behind their own net, pick it up and throw it like a touchdown pass and somebody could grab it, glove it, throw it down at the far blue line as a stretch pass or something. Or the one that I pulled off and it was pretty funny with Marty Turco shooting pucks in my head after that was a two on one. Uh, as you're going in, I'd be, I'm a righty going in on my offside as a two on one, the defenseman's going to, uh, you're going to hold for the pass back door. So if you could hold the D man there and then as a righty coming in on the left side. So instead of shooting from that spot or making that play, you pick it up and spin around and throw it from the outside. If the goalie's playing out a little bit and throw it behind you as you, as you spin and throw it in and it worked on Turco. And that's when the pucks came flying over my head. (laughs) Wow. You can only imagine. It's funny. It all good. Yeah, you can, you, you can always uh, imagine what the goaltender's feeling. I know the other day it's a, a bit of comedy that it happens to Jordan Bennington, probably the biggest snap show in the NHL right now, and sort of his response on social media after the game, sort of talking about defending the play. Uh, I, for one, don't have an issue with it. I think the goal of the game of hockey is to score a goal, but I think you're so right. It's something I brought up earlier on. I just think 
players are different these days where there's no accountability. Like you can do what you want. There's no policing anymore. And I think it was more of a fear thing back in your day. That's why nobody tried it. Now guys have all the skill in the world. They're going to do it because there's no repercussions coming. I got to ask you, Mike, I, I mean, yeah. it's always put out there. It's the Michigan goal. It's the Michigan goal. I'm always, uh, you know, I always think it's important to bring up the originator of this goal, the Mike leg goal. Are you a bit sour? It's called the Michigan goal. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been sour about it yet. Um, besides the petition I have going around to change it, there's nothing wrong with it. No, no, no. I, <laughs> there are some, there are some people around that are like, ah, every time it happens and somebody calls it the Michigan goal, it's ah, it's the Mike leg or it's the legger or yeah, they kind of come up with something else, but I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> I don't get the lacrosse good. Thing, though. Like what's the lacrosse thing? Everybody calls it lacrosse goal, right? Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was, when I first did it, everybody asked, oh, did you play lacrosse? And I was like, oh, in gym class for a semester or something like that. Like, yeah, it was a great sport. I loved it. Right. And um, I think it was um, in lacrosse, you could, uh, from behind the net, jump around as long as you're not in the, in the crease and tuck it in. So I think that's where, I think that's where it came from. So yeah, everybody lacrosse school. That's, we're on ice. I'm not a big fan of that uh, name. I like, uh, we'll try to get there changed up to the Mike leg now and uh, drop the Michigan there for you. Yeah. Can you still uh, do it, Mike? Like it, sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 I get, I get uh, quite a lot of opportunities uh, coaching uh, a, a ju- junior uh, H or two here uh, in Maple Ridge for the Flames, and then U eighteen A one team, and then my boys team, a U thirteen team. So coaching, I mean, I'm on the ice lot, so I bury on those U thirteen goalies as much as I can. Feels good. <laughs> How often is it brought up when you practice, or like when you take on a new batch of kids? It's like, hey, that's that's the legendary Mike Leg man. Because I still. And again, maybe it's speaking our age a bit, but I remember this goal like it was yesterday. It was pulled off and it was like, it was like pre 2000. So like the internet wasn't really a thing. And it's like now, imagine that happened now, how big that would be, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, when they, when they show the actual original footage, I was like, oh man, it's so grainy. Like, am I that old? Are you kidding me? (laughs) But yeah, you take on, you take on a new team or, or, kids and stuff like that and they they always always bring it up but they're all doing it now too they got different versions of it and pulling it off and see another one somebody sent me one on the the, the internet uh it was i think he was he looked like he was probably was seven years old he picked it up and he skated with it the whole length of the ice and then tucked it around the goalie or something i was like here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> you opened up this can of worms. I'm just saying that. And even like looking back at the Zegris and Sonny Milano goal, like there's just so many different variations now that we're seeing of this goal. And Mike, it's uh, it's been so great to catch up. I know you've probably done a billion of these interviews every time it pops up and it happens, but I know you love talking about it, right? Yeah, it's all good. I, I'm still getting used to it, I guess. I Fair <laughs> enough, man. Thank you so much. Great catching up, okay? <laughs> No problem. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, Mike. Take care out there. Okay, buddy. Thanks, guys. What an absolute beauty. That's Mike Legg, the man who pulled off the first ever Michigan. 1996. I don't know where you were for that, but I remember it coming out and people were talking about him like, there's no way. Then he did it. Uh, But it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that he... 
Um, you know, he mentioned sort of the same thing we were, how guys don't really or didn't pull it off back in the day because there was a bit of fear where it's like, it's 2023, Rosie, who's coming for you? Yeah, he did mention that. I mean, that's got to be, I mean, he did that in 96 and then it worked and no one tried it in the NHL and it's not yeah. that no one was capable of it. No one tried it till 2019, which which kind of blows your mind. And yeah, I think it was just the stigma of you can't pull that shit off. I mean, you can't, you can't make this game a, you know, a circus or some clown move. And, um, you know, I talked about going between the legs too. took a long time for someone to try that, even though guys messed around with that in practice all the time. And yeah, that stigma is kind of gone and I'm okay with that. Try new things and whatnot. I just, again, I see it becoming a problem. Like Mike said, he saw some guy skating all the way down the ice with it. Um, I just don't think the national league wants to see that. And people would argue, Oh, they'll, they'll do anything to get more eyeballs on and it's a skill play. And it's like, that's all fine and dandy, but there's still going to be the purists of the game that are making the rules who are going to say, Hey, we're not turning it into that. The game is what it is for a reason. And, you know, just because of technology and, and, you know, skill level, I don't think you can like turn the game upside down and maybe it won't happen. Maybe guys will just continue trying it sporadically and maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. And that's, that'll be it. And that's fine with me. But I, I just see these guys being too good and innovative. And like you say, they're, they're not scared to, to try new wild things anymore. They're not scared to have the spotlight on them. They don't care if there's a target on their back because there isn't anymore. No one really thinks about it that way. So I, I just see it becoming more and more. Um, not, I don't know if I want to say a problem, but just more and more evident in our game. And eventually they might come to a crossroads where like enough's enough. We'll see. I think it's pretty cool that he's like thinking outside the box and teaching his kids. Now he talked about coaching junior and some of the younger age groups as well. And, you know, they're looking to utilize that move in a more efficient way, whether it's breakouts or two on ones, like maybe that's where we're headed, where it's like it, it'll, it won't be a surprise anymore to see a two on one and somebody pull the Michigan in a two on one. Like, I, I, I think the sky is the limit when it comes to that. And and while it's been hard for me to sort of transfer over to this era and brand of hockey, I will say that the objective of the game is to score a goal. If that gives you the best uh, you know, you know, route to scoring a goal, then I'm all for it. But I could see what you're saying because I, I, it could get out of hand in a hurry because everybody could do it. And then there's the whole safety thing too. Yeah, and I mean, you want to talk about the shootout? People like are yeah. not happy with the Another shootout animal. these days with guys coming in uber slow. It's it's kind of it kind of is a bad look. I think a lot of people think and you know, at the end of the day, they do need to score a goal however they can. That's the whole object. And if that means coming in uber slow on a, on a, on a shootout goal, then they're going to do it. Obviously they've proven that. And now if you, uh, if you want to try that, uh, you know, some kind of a Michigan goal on a tryout too, you could try that. So it'll be interesting to see where it heads. Me time, Rosie, this week's player to watch is presented by covered bridge potato chips. I'm going to go with Mitch Marner. I'm not sure if you caught this, but Sheldon Keefe, I mean, he, he, he does it again. He flips uh, Marner. He flips Nylander and uh, Marner's back with Matthews and uh, back with the red hot Austin Matthews has 12 in the past seven. So my guy's going to be Mitch Marner. It is. Hey, and yeah, I, I hate to be that guy to, to follow the, the easy call, but mine's going to be Austin Matthews. You know, we had a little break here. He's hotter than a pistol. You know, you got to see if he can pick up where he left off. I want to see if he's still that hot and if he can continue this pace, which is a ridiculous pace. Um, I'm going to be eyes on him to see if, uh, if he's still got that hot touch. I like it. Go to coverbridgechips.com and follow on Instagram at CB underscore chips. This week's schedule, by the way, got Ottawa at home. At Columbus Friday, home to the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday. Michael Buntings 
return to Scotiabank Arena. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now, 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. And, uh, Rosie, there's a couple things, obviously, we're looking at. I think you'd be dumb not to look at the anytime goal for Austin Matthews. And uh, Claude Giroux has mentioned 50 points in 47 games against the Leafs, so I would look there, too. And I had a quick peek before this show. The over-under, I think, set at like seven and a half, man. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot, man. It's one you can't touch if you're me. Usually you got that six and a half, and that's fine. But, you know, betting that there's going to be eight goals in an NHL game, that's that's getting wild. So, yeah, try to find value elsewhere. Like you said, I think those player prop bets are where it's going to be. Remember Thursday's show where you sort of questioned me hitting the over at seven? And you did, didn't you? <laughs> in yeah, a big way. Nine three, dude. Predictable Crazy. shit, man. Yeah, I remember shit. I remember thinking that while the game was going, I was like, oh, Lord, did he ever hit the over? Like, what a gong show. But I wasn't pleased about it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that game was, again, I'm going to have a bad taste in my mouth for a while until the next shit game that they play uh, after what transpired in Buffalo last Thursday. So we'll leave it at that. Martin Jones, your projected starter, uh, the Ottawa Senators, you think could be a desperate team. And I think important to note, the road team has won the first two games of the Battle of Ontario round three coming tonight, Rosie. Any final words to wrap up today's show? I don't think so. Time to dust the uh, the cobwebs off and and get that turkey out of you there, boys, because we want to see some consistency out of you this uh, this new year and wrapping into the second half here. So, you know, big three coming up here. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with it. Watch it be like a 2-1 game, and I should remind all to go check out our holiday edition that we put forth back on Christmas Day featuring Easton Cowan. I know a lot of you in the chat have been calling for Easton Cowan on this podcast. We caught up with him, so make sure to go check that out again. Many thanks to everybody in the chat at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube, search Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Thank you to producer Vic. Thank you to producer Aaron, uh, Jay Rosal. I'm Nick Alberga, and uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. <laughs> if you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation, you know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.